Hello, so today is Tuesday, June 8th, and it is 5.58 p.m., and I have, so I just found, um, two paintings that I, that I did, well, I found more than two paintings, but I, um, was able to rediscover some old old art and I'd like to try to explain some of the processes and when and where what um where the uh, inspiration and the idea came from um these particular paintings um the one painting that I that I did is called Disconnect Avenue. And it was, in a way, it was more or less a basis of, if I remember correctly, it was something um, kind of experimental, but, but relative to what I was commonly um, in the company of. And a common interest that I, because when you're, when you're always in a certain, um, scenery or when you're always surrounded by, um, certain things that are familiar, you, it's like, um, for, for me, it can easily become a part of the um, creative process to depict it in my art. And because of more, and because of being on a weekly basis, um, consistently around well-dressed people, um, this particular painting came about on the basis of always being in the company of well-dressed people. Um, And they were always coming, going, um, or leaving, in you know from a place or entering into a place and it was a very uh <clears throat> my interest is based my, my interest in um what was considered or what is considered to be well dressed on the basis of having always been surrounded by people who I will say um dressed their best I'm not saying that it is that it, what they had on was the best. I'm just saying that I was always surrounded by people who were the best of what they had, and they would always be around. And it was, it was familiar because it was, it's something that I was always in the company of on a weekly basis, more than a few times a week. And, um. But in but on but in but in Disconnect Avenue, um the it was uh, I was living in the lofts, which at that time I used to live in the lofts in Southwest Detroit, and I had my studio there in the upper loft, um over there in Southwest, and so um it was two two places where I could uh, paint very comfortably, um. And one, 
at the time this particular loft was made it was made uh, from an old warehouse and it was made um, almost as a fire station in the upper level so it was New York style loft the lower level was a living room and the upper level I had converted into a studio gallery and I would work up there and I would and I hung my art there and I would um, when my when I would invite when we would invite our friends over we'd entertain them on the lower level which was a was a loft we invite them into our um, apartment and it would be modern contemporary on the lower level you know um, very kind of minimal but it was very uh, I guess you could say modern you know contemporary in a, in a sense and it was more or less, you wouldn't be able to tell that it. Will, in addition to that space on the upper level, it you had an option to be invited into a gallery style setting on the upper level, and that was what it was like a benefit or a treat to people who knew me well. So on the lower level, if if you came by and you know, I'm not saying that it's not something that I'm saying that we rated our friends, but I've always had we always had friends that were of different, they had different interests, different respects. And so in which case, um, and my, you know, my mother was like that. So, you know, so in which case, um, it might not be necessary for people to go because they might not be interested in art for them to see the gallery. But for my creative friends, they'd be almost as soon as they come in the loft, they'd be like, what you working on? And so we could entertain them downstairs, and then we could take them up into, up into the loft, into the studio to see the works, the new works. And so I had the studio upstairs um, set up just in a unique perspective. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't absolutely 100% um, amazing like how people thought it was, but it was something. You know, it was something, and it was a very creative um place the environment because it was brick was creative and actually what ran the the actual environment of my loft was creative it was exposed brick and then like i said it was actually literally still the um piping the original piping come um, from that um from its previous life of it being a restored uh, warehouse, restored. It just had like a very industrial, um, it went very well with the artists that I am. I've always created works that was on the industrial, it was in the industrial aspect. And um, and so these works fit very well into that, into that sort of um, landscape. But so the inspiration was one, the inspiration was on the street that I lived, um, over in Southwest Detroit, is depending on what season um, it is. Uh, some people can picture these particular roads uh, that I'll mention that I'm nowhere near now, but these particular roads are worth of mentioning. If you can picture it, then you can kind of get a basis for how I I drummed up this. I drummed up an imaginary feeling. So I combined a couple things. And so let me explain the, the process for that. 
So, having always been around well-dressed people and having had, before starting this painting, having had been in the company of well-dressed people, men and women, all earlier that day when I came in and I began to paint, I combined that as an interest of attire in connection with an imagination. Then I went into the imagination aspect of location, time, place, and location to create a, um, I guess, uh, just to create, not that this actually was happening, but to create a combination of uh, two different um, respects. And so over on, I think it was that street, it would probably be Vinewood. It would probably be like Vinewood and West Grand Boulevard, maybe, in southwest Detroit. There's a certain angle you come around some of the warehouses through there, and it's a viaduct. And it's still industrial buildings. And it stretches across a long, um, a long path. And if you're walking, if you're ever walking it during certain seasons, it's a very interesting walk. And so I had, you know, in my downtime, I go and I make like a couple strolls over to the local mart up through there. And sometimes I would drive through there or sometimes I just take my camera and I walk through that particular pathway through the viaduct. So it wasn't that I had seen this person in this particular attire walking through the viaduct. It was just that I had walked through that path before in uh, winter, winter and in the rainy months. And not necessarily in the summer months because I always like to do a lot of my um, capturing or thinking in rainy seasons or in winter seasons. That's just when I see the, that's for me the when I see the most colors. Or for me, that's when I see or I feel the most um, interesting things I feel like I should be. I feel like there's emotion in the air in those seasons. Um, there's just emotions in, in the air and I can, um, and I can feel them. I know it sounds weird, but it's because those are seasons where in my perspective, people have to take their time if you're in a busy city, city. So because in my observation, if you, when you're walking in those seasons, it's a certain way that you have to do it, you know, and patience is required. It's like a certain amount of go-getter attitude, but then it's also a certain amount of patience that's required. And then sometimes in a winter, you may opt not to do either and just enjoy having a nice stroll in a very uncomfortable season. And for me, that was always an interesting perspective to just take initially when going out in the winter months or in the rainy months is I automatically enjoy it because I wanted to always bypass the negative emotions of people not finding it enjoyable weather. Uh, whereas for me, prospectively, I liked these particular months. Autumn, um, you know, I always liked these particular months. Autumn, the winter season, 
in the rainy season of spring. And so in that instance, I just imagine what would it have been like for, um, you know, my perspective is, was is me just being a woman. I was not in my best clothes and I was not in a negative disposition, but I was wanting to put a different spin on that stroll. What if, you know, it was a well-dressed individual that had to walk this same, this same path? What would they see? What would they be feeling like? Would they, how could they find this same experience enjoyable? As enjoyable as, as, uh, as I did. And so this is where the painting, the painting just came from that particular concept of uh, turning that negative into a positive. And as you can see in the painting, I posted it recently on my Instagram, it shows that the person is, they are leaving that street. So they already walked through that street. They're not entering the street, they already walked through that street, and now they're, you know, they were probably already on their way to where they intended to be. But the disposition of the individual is, um, in my perspective, I believe what it should be, um, based on the circumstance, because I was trying to imagine a, a realistic emotion that would be on an individual that actually had to do that in a rainy season or in a winter season in very nice attire, um, which I was always in the company of growing up. I was always in the company of people who were in very nice clothes of the winter in a rainy season and in all of these very quote unquote uncomfortable weather conditions. They were always outside. <clears throat> and so this is why uh, the disposition um, of this particular individual is neither happy or sad, but they are in a very much so, a, in, um, how could you say, they're in a thinking. They're using the opportunity to think and to self-process and to just enjoy, uh, I guess, the to just enjoy the stroll. And that was... The idea, I guess, behind that particular painting, and I used colors that I felt like would really um, communicate the level of the importance that the individual had or wanted to have. Um, the way that they truly probably felt that they were, and so that's all highlighted in the clothing and in the garments. Although it's very loosely painted, it's very um, expressively painted. You can see it in the way that I painted it. I remember just kind of laying on colors, and but it was still to also uh, highlight a certain quality of grooming that um, is still just something that's relative. It's just relative to me. I can just relate to it. So it's not that I'm saying it's good or bad too. I'm just saying it was always around. That's just something that I grew up with. 
So that's just uh, what it was with that. I hope, I think that process might make sense. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just trying to explain to you the combination of the processes that I used and how I took, uh, I don't know, you might be able to, I took various uh, things, you know, prospectively and I combined them for it for a painting. Of course, the, some I don't always do that, but sometimes I might. And um, and if I do, even sometimes I'm surprised with what happens. So then, so that's how that looks like that. And then my other painting, I remember doing the painting of Heath Ledger, but I don't remember. I remember watching his movies, and I was always impressed with with his. Um, he had a natural expressive ability to be able to um to communicate um the intent of his work as if he was still Heath Ledger I don't know if that makes any sense what I just said um but prospectively and I'm these are the movies that I saw by Heath Ledger so I saw the first movie that I saw by Heath Ledger which I bought it right away. I actually bought that movie on accident and I thought it was hilarious. It used to be a blockbuster located, um, I think in like, in like the Wayne State University district or over by, uh, yeah, over, over in Wayne State. A lot of you all probably who are from Detroit might remember that blockbuster. And I would go there. My movie collection was ridiculous at that time. I had over about, I had anywhere between um, 100 or 200 movies archived or two. I probably had 300 movies. I don't know. I had a lot of VHS tapes. It was still VHS. And when they switched over to DVD, I started to buy them, but I lost interest. I was still buying, I was still buying VHS. Uh, all the way until Blockbuster closed. Just because I was, I liked my collection. I liked my movie collection at the time. So I owned a lot of movies. And I bought that movie on accident. It just so happened that they had, I don't know if you all remember, they used to run the Blockbuster, you run, used to run the specials. You buy so many and they'd be like, like, um, buy three for 20 or something like that, or four for 20 or something like that. And I'd run around Blockbuster looking for movies that I had never even heard of or never was had seen. And I'd be turning, and people would be looking at me, what is she doing? I'm not look, sometimes I'd be looking at the cover, but I'd be turning it around to look at the credits, I'm trying to read the plot real quick. Um, who's in the movie? All of the small, all of the smaller names to get a basis of, or who's the director? I would always be looking for who did this film. Oh, Jerry Bruckheimer. Oh, it's this is a film by so and so. Also Spielberg, or it's a you know a Lucas film or something. And I pick according to that was actually the way that I would pick a lot of my movies as I turn it over and I'd be looking for who the directors were. Um, and if it just so happened it was an all-star cast, I'd be surprised. But I would always, I wouldn't always get all-star cast movies. But um, in this particular case, it turned out that they actually had an all-star cast, which I find to be very unique in that particular uh, instance. Because if you look at the movie, 10 Things I Hate About You, even now, you realize that it's actually an all-star 
cast of, of, of well-known actors and actresses over a large amount of time. And typically, that almost never really works well in anything. Which is another reason why I found that film to be very a joy to watch. Because it was so many people who were known for their art form in, in the theater aspect or in the um or in the acting aspect and and none of them were really upstage in the other. They were all kind of working cohesively. And that that's honestly what I it was just a naturalness in each at each level of the role that was being played, it was a naturalness that was taking place in each level of the role that was being played. And that was just a fluke that I bought that particular movie. And I remember being surprised um, when I watched it. I remember just being absolutely surpri- surprised. I was like, Ma, let's watch this. Ten things I had to watch you. She was like, what is that? I was like, it's say on the back. It's a play on the Shakespeare. <laughs> she was like, okay. So we watched it. And we were both surprised. It was crazy how interesting that movie was because it was a play in, uh, on Shakespeare, but it was a it was an interesting flip to it, and um and to me it was relevant for the time. I also thought it was interesting that my mother would actually watch it with me, and she laughed as much as I did, which I thought was hilarious. But um so um. So I had seen that movie by Heath Ledger. And I was blown away by his acting ability. I, I honestly was. Because it was so natural, I I just remember thinking, I'm going to see him in something else. And then shortly after that, it was a film um, that that was released that he was in. Uh, that was, I would say, relatively short. shortly after that to me. I don't know. It seemed like it probably should have took longer, but it didn't. And I think that movie was called The Patriot. Now, like I said, I was studying film, or maybe I didn't say that, but I was studying film at, a, at a WC3 in downtown Detroit. I don't know if I was studying. I don't know, but anyway, I was I was studying film anyway. Like I said, I was raised in arts, in theater, in literary arts, poetry, I did plays, I did all that stuff. So I was always studying studying arts, I guess, film anyway. And um, I thought it was a leap. Back in the day, they used to, back in the day, what used to come on TV was this show called Inside Edition. I don't know if you all remember that show. It was way back. I'm telling you my age. It was way back in the day. It was a show called Inside Edition. Inside Edition would tell you, it would give you an idea of what movies were going to be, um, were, were going to be um, already uh, coming out. And when they said Heath Ledger was going to be in a uh, in a movie with Mel Gibson, I thought, you, I was like, I remember looking at that interview and being like, really? Because I had Mel Gibson films, and he's a legend in the, in the, in, in film, 
and I had just seen Heath Ledger in the um, in Ten Things I Hate About You, and I wasn't surprised. For some reason, it was like they said it, and it was like Heath Ledger is gonna be in this movie called The Patriot with Mel Gibson. And for some reason, I honestly just wasn't surprised because I had Mel Gibson films, and he has a certain he has a certain acting. Um, ability that stems across a long, a long, a long tenure, and and for some reason, Heath Ledger just had a similar, uh, to me, he had a similar naturalness as as Mel Gibson. So when they said it, I was like, really? And I thought about it, and I was like, that's actually not hard to believe. I can't wait till the movie comes out. So. When that movie came out, I was not surprised that I actually did enjoy that film. And I don't really like films like that. It's probably only one other film that I've ever seen that was anywhere near close close to it, which is not even in the same vein. And what would that have been? Dances with Wolves? I don't know. You know? But when I saw that film, I was like, wow, he did not disappoint. So then, because I saw it in the theater, and I went and I took myself to go see it in the theater um, by myself because I wanted to see it that bad. And I didn't, I couldn't think of anyone else from the inner city that wanted to go watch a Patriot. You want to go watch a Mel Gibson movie and a Heath Ledger? Who is that? They were like, I don't want to go see that. I was like, I'll, I'll be back. So I went to go see that by myself. And then when the movie came. To Blockbuster, I was asking them when it was going to be. Because, you know, you could watch when they were going to be releasing. You go into Blockbuster and they'd have a little display about when it would be available for you to purchase it. And I couldn't wait. That's the only other movie I ever had like that. I picked up The Patriot. It was good. And then the only other movie that I had seen with Heath Ledger in it after that was A Knight's Tale. And A Knight's Tale, for me, was actually, to this day, one of the most enjoyable films I have seen. In a long time. In a long time. I probably could still watch that movie and find it absolutely enjoyable on the basis of what actually was being said there. And the circumstance of the individuals involved and their natural um, way that they used um, their basic understanding of how to do in order to be able to uh, survive a circumstance. And once again, it was on the basis of the fact that now. It was on the basis of the fact that in all of these films, Heath Ledger, for some reason, and I have, you very rarely see this, and as I explain it, some of you all may know what I'm talking about, and some of you all may or may not know what I'm talking about, but I think it's, I think it's actually a very uh, unique gift for an individual to be able to act in a role, play a different person, and somehow still manage to be themselves. I don't know how they do that. 
And I thought that that was very interesting. And so that was something that stood out with me with Heath Ledger. So when the, a nice tale came out, I was like, this guy is onto something. And I was like, he's absolutely phenomenal. And shortly after that, I was I was just thumbing through pictures of who to paint. I had a show coming up at a 555 gallery and I had already a couple paintings and I was like, I'm a paint Heath Ledger. And I was just thumbing through Google searches of, of Heath Ledger because at the time I was like, it's not really, it wasn't that many in, in that particular time. I couldn't think of that many people who were, uh, he, he had a, he had a level that he was impacting the, the arts creatively at a very substantial rate. And I thought it was, and I actually thought it was good. I was very impressed by it. And so that's when I found, um, when I was looking for a picture of Heath Ledger, I said, I want to look for a picture. I was like, I don't want to look for a picture of Heath Ledger in the pop pictures that people always, you know, the pictures that people always look to glamorize or glorify an individual. Because to me, it just didn't seem like that was even really in 